Welcome back to another episode of Four Down Territory. My name is Miles. I'm with my co-host Sam. Sam, this week was Thanksgiving week in the NFL. We had a great couple of games on Thursday and Friday. The six o'clock games on Sunday were a bit of a letdown, but was definitely picked up towards uh, the towards the end of the game. Yeah, it did get better as the weekend. I mean, Thanksgiving was impressive. We were thankful for some of them games. There were yeah, some there great were showings, a lot of stuff going on. Um, I don't know. It's a good week overall. It's uh, nice to see everyone playing. No bye weeks, obviously. But um, yeah, should we uh, dive straight we've into got a lot to get stat through. of the week? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, I'll start with mine this week. Uh, we've got well a, a play from Sunday night. Uh, Jordan Davis reached a oh. top speed in the the chase down play of Josh Allen of sixteen point nine six miles per hour. Now that is the second fastest speed reached by any player over three hundred and thirty pounds in NFL history. Do you know? Who number one is? He's a Hall of Famer, and oh he's an offensive Lord. offensive guard. Oh, an offensive guard. It's not. I was going to say Dan Connolly on the kick it's return. Not, <laughs> it was moving, but it wasn't Dan Connolly. An offensive lineman that what reached the top speed. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, it's uh, Larry Allen. Of yeah. course, it is. Yeah. On the uh, the pick for uh, against the New Orleans Saints when he That's ran down the right. sideline, yeah. and now he was going eighty miles miles an hour. Wow. So that proves. One how athletic Jordan Davis yeah. is, despite being three hundred. I've never been there. so excited to watch a missed tackle. Yeah. I, w- I went absolutely crazy what happened. You see him running him down, I'm like, no way is he chasing him. It's, like, it's the way, you know, most... I, I think you see the odd D linemen that just give up. They see the yeah. quarterback going, they're like, well, I'm not catching him. He I? went for that. He, he went for it. It was the dive to try and, <laughs> like, the attempted tackle. Uh, I mean, uh, like... The effort, the oh, effort was, was so outstanding. And he, he obviously, after the play, was down on the floor for ages. Yeah. But I think it was just because he was so I think so he was winded. Exhausted. Yeah, I think he was proper winded. <laughs> he gave everything he? at that one play. Yeah. Deserved the one play out that he had. But yeah, fair play to Jordan Davis. I'll go on with mine now. Um, I've done one similar to this earlier in the season with some spooky stats coinciding with each other. Um, this time, it's Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. I don't know if you saw this one. Oh, yeah, yeah through uh, the 11 starts in their first full season as a full-time starter. So um, Rodgers, he was 5-6. and six. Jordan Love was 5-6. and six. Rodgers threw 2,599 passing yards. Love also threw 2,599 passing yards. They both had 21 total touchdowns, and Rodgers had nine interceptions to Jordan Love's 10. We were so close to greatness. Yeah. <laughs> we were it's one per- interception off. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, but I, uh, it's just weird stuff like that. You're like, how if, how? if the Packers get away with having three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row without having anyone in between, it will be the biggest miracle in yep. NFL history. It really will be. Fair play to Jordan Love. I think we need to give him credit for actually what he's been doing this season. Uh, with some of his weapons that have been falling apart this year. Obviously, Aaron Jones missing time. We've had Luke Musgrave go on IR. Um, and we, we may as well just dive straight was, into that line. I was going to say, let's go straight into how, <laughs> how well he played against that, the Lions. I mean, he's, he Incredible. was red hot to start. So, yeah, so, yeah. so good. Two touchdowns re- like straight off the bat. Um, great deep bomb. I think what second yep. was first play of the game? Second play of the game? Yeah, first straight to Christian Watson. Yeah, Christian Watson. Yeah, I'd get, only just flick the game on. And I was get looking him up. Involved. I was like, "Oh, we've started. Yeah, yeah we're going." Really good to see. Uh, but the surprising thing was just how bad the play calling was for the Lions. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a strange one, wasn't it? I mean, I you just felt like at some point they were going to get going, and they just never did. Um, it was good to see Monty still getting involved in the backfield. But yeah, um, yeah I mean. Jared Goff last week had three interceptions and this week he had three fumbles and and yeah. these are the things where a guy who's who who you know people like to sneak him into the conversation of the best quarterbacks in the league and the and especially the NFC I mean we, we know about Jalen Hurts we mm-hmm. know about Dak Prescott uh Brock Purdy but it's like who is the next guy um and Goff just 
I don't know. It's it's that inconsistency that's plagued him uh, throughout his career. Yeah. And uh, something that he didn't do a lot of at the start of the year, but these last few games, he's struggled a lot. I mean, big time. Look at the Ravens game. Look at this game. There's there's areas where he's he's going to struggle. Um, the slow start just killed them, I think. Yeah. You know, had two really early turnovers. Obviously had the, the, the first drive touchdown to uh, Sam Laporta. But yeah, it just wasn't the golf that we're used to seeing. Um, as for the Green Bay Packers, though, right in the playoff hunt. It, it, you look at them with a with a losing record, but that NFC is wide open. Oh, yeah. Now with with obviously Minnesota's loss last night, they moved to six and six. They've got a great chance to uh, pounce on that. They've, Minnesota are going to their bye week. If they also go six and six, they could get uh, you know right back in that playoff hunt. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many teams sat around you know five and six, six and five, that sort of area where you know if if one of these teams can go on a run like the Packers, if they can go win out, you know they've got a real chance of uh, sneaking their way into the playoffs. If you want to look at the remaining schedule they've got, they've got the Chiefs next week, which is going to be a tough one. But after that, it's Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. Uh, if you ask me, Giants is a win. Buccaneers is doable. Panthers is, is a win. Um, and then finishing with the two divisional games against the Vikings and the Bears, yeah. they could go 2-0 and in that as well. They could, have, they could have, uh, out of these last six games they've got, they could go 5-1. and one. I think it's going to be really tasty between them, the Seahawks, uh, the Rams and the Vikings for yeah. that last, last playoff spot. It's going to get really close. Absolutely. So it's going to be a good watch for that end of the season. Going from the upset of the week, probably, to uh, a blowout in the Cowboys and the Commanders. Kind of a predicted blowout. Um, you know, Dak played, Dak's on fire at the moment. Oh, isn't he, he really is. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's coming out guns blazing. Another four touchdown game. He's been just crazy. Um, it's good to see Tony Pollard as well. Pollard's actually putting in the performances yeah. that we've been hoping from him. Another touchdown. Um, seems to just be, and it's getting involved in the receiving game as well. Like six catches. It was only 24 yards off the six catches. But yeah. the fact that Dak's looking his way is, um, is just what you like to see. But I think the uh, star of the show is the record breaker, isn't it? It's Deron Bland. How about that? How, how can a player have five pick sixes in a season? Yeah, and, and not just like in a whole season. We're in we're in week 12. <laughs> 12. He could, he, we imagine could he comes out with seven. Like, yeah. That, that's like an average number for the way he's performing. And what a way to do it as well. I know, it was a great I, I went crazy. I was looking at it and I was just like, oh, it was Bland you, with a pick. You oh, just knew get it, it was, all the way, yeah. Get it all the way. And then you just see, was it, it was Brian Robinson and McLaurin chasing him down, wasn't it? And you're like, oh, no, he's not going to make it. And then just that move just to take both of them out of the game. And he's just so like, good. see you later. Touchdown. Yeah, fair, fair play to him. We've said it, I don't know if we said it last week or two weeks ago, that Defensive Player of the Year is wide open now with, oh, with yeah. the way he's performing. And with Miles Garrett's blank this week, I mean, mm. you know, that's put him right back up in the odds. So fair play to Duran Bland. Sam Howell, would you cast this as a bad game or a good game? <laughs> it's crazy because even when he's he's not, I mean, he obviously had the rushing touchdown, no passing touchdowns, one interception, but he's still threw for 300 yards. I know, I know. But I do feel like the play calling it's just they're they're killing him. They really yeah. are. It's it was the fourth. Uh, I think they had a third and short at the. Uh, I don't know if it was end of the second or start of the third. It was third and one, and I get that you go for the deep play because you know you're going for it on fourth and one. But then, if you're going for it on fourth and one, there is no reason to go out in shotgun and then hand the ball off in an inside zone. You need yeah. to, you know, give your running back some momentum. Let's go into center and let him run downhill and at least try and force some players over the line. Instead, he just got back to. I think it ended up being a two yard loss on a fourth and one play. It's a terrible play call. Yeah, and you know, the coaching has been one of the big things that people have been looking at with Washington, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, we've just seen Jack Del Rio got fired, um, didn't he, after the game. Uh, Ron Rivera's on the chopping block. I wonder whether, I mean, obviously Eric Bieniemy's holding that job, 
But um, yeah, around him, it doesn't look too uh, if, too if, sturdy. If for I'm him, a head coach or a GM looking for a job, that's the only job that I want in the NFL. Yeah, the amount of picks they have in the first three rounds is mental. Uh, they have one of the biggest cap spaces in the NFL. They've got a QB who's playing really, really well. Uh, for his, it's kind of like his rookie year. He's in his second yeah, year, much is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, his first year starting. He is playing, you know, to to a to a decent standard. Uh, and you've got so many young weapons. Some players still on rookie contracts as well. Um, you've just got a few pieces to fill on defense, and that team could be right up there in that division. Oh yeah, uh, unfortunately, a few more pieces now that they traded away both the best edge rushers. Yeah, true. Um, but like you said, you, they got a good haul from it. They got some picks back. So yeah, if they can work this draft well coming up next year, you know they could um they could really be a force. I genuinely think next team we're looking at a wild card team. Um, obviously they're going to struggle to win a division with the Eagles and the Cowboys there, but yeah, I think Washington could surprise a few teams over the next few years. Absolutely. Let's move on to the 49ers versus the Seahawks in the late game of Thanksgiving. Uh, 49ers doing what we expected, going into Seattle and coming out with a convincing victory, 31-13. to Seattle really didn't have anything going on offense. Geno couldn't get the ball moving, actually ended up throwing a pick. And Zach Charbonnet, they looked like they missed Kenneth Walker big time. Yeah, I mean, Geno, he just looks a shadow of last year, doesn't he? I'm not seeing the same level of efficiency from him. Um He's still playing that game manager role, uh, but it's like 18 of 27, 180 yards. Yeah. It's just not what you want to see. Um doesn't help that DK Metcalf spending the game locked up by uh, Traverius Ward. Yeah. He, uh, he a, held a sleeper check. cornerback. He is, yep. he is easily a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's been doing this a lot this season, not been getting the recognition, probably because Durant Bland's been getting five pick sixes <laughs> yeah, yeah. this season. But yeah, uh, Traverius Ward is a, is a really solid uh, quarterback one. On the flip side, Niners offense obviously succeeding well, didn't they? Um Christian McCaffrey had the two rushing touchdowns over 100 yards rushing. Uh, Debo was getting involved rushing and receiving. He had a great game. Um, even Brandon Nayuk, he had that long touchdown grab, didn't he? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Niners heating up at the right time. We're getting close towards the end of the season now with with awards just around the corner. Offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill? Who do you think? Oh, I I like CMC for all the touchdowns he scored, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, I think I think it's tough. Uh, I, I'd like to see a running back get it. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since a running yeah, back's got it. It's been a while. Um, I, well, who was the last one? Probably Todd Derek Gale. Henry. Derek Henry. Did, Henry, did, did Henry he win it, it when he got 2K? I feel like he did. Surely he did. Did he? Oh, was that Cooper Cup? I'm not sure. Oh, it, might have, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, Cooper Cup won it. Oh. Imagine getting 2,000 rushing yards and not winning offensive player. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, and it's almost like when we, um, you know, when we talk about how the MVP is a QB award. Yeah. It's almost getting to the point now where maybe the offensive player of the year is going to start becoming a receiver award I because know. it's such a passing get, league, and that's just the way it's gone. Oh no, there you go. Yeah, twenty twenty, Derek Henry did win it. That was the year before Cup. Before Cup, gotcha. Um, so yeah, but then other than that, we're looking at wide receiver, wide receiver, and then Henry running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and then like you said, Todd Gurley. After that, you're going all the way back to Demarco Murray in twenty fourteen. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's become and he a very was outrageous that season. Yeah, exactly. It's become a. It's very much become a wide receiver award. Next up, we have the Jets versus the Dolphins. The Jets losing to the Dolphins, which was kind of predictable when you've got Tim Boyle starting against a very <laughs> solid Miami defense. Uh, two have struggled, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the two interceptions, right? Um, it's a tough defense he's playing against. But, yeah, I think this is a guy that we see a lot of boom and bust from. Yeah. Um, this wasn't, I don't want to call this bust. Like, you know, you still won the game. You put up 34 points. 
But um, it helps when you've got a run game and a running back as good as Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert and also Wilson as well. Jeff Wilson yep. coming in and playing a vital part. I think just being able to rely on that run game with the the way that McDaniels is able to, you know, what he does with their motions just to free up space uh, within the second level, uh, get linebackers and, and, and DBs moving about. It just creates so, ma- so many more running lanes uh, for, for Mostert. He's able to feast off that. So, you know, it's, it's, such, a, it's such, such a strong system. And then obviously when you've got Waddle and Tyreek both going for 100 well, yards on the outside. Dude. Well, I was going to say, it's incredible. Four receivers uh, catching passes yeah. from him. Uh, Jeff Wilson was 17 yards off three catches. Derman Smythe, 10 yards off one catch. And then, yeah, the other, what's that, 216 yards and <laughs> 17 catches yeah. <laughs> between Waddle and Tyreek. It's it's crazy. I mean, you've got two pro ball wide receivers there. Yeah. I mean, that just shows how, how, how stacked that team is, really. Um, do you feel like the Jets made the wrong decision to move on from Zach Wilson? I I think they just needed a change, didn't they? They felt so stuck in the system. I, I, I think... I would have stuck with Zach Wilson. Yeah. But it's kind of like, do you want to lose by 15 or lose by 20? And uh, they chose to lose by 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it's always going to be tough, uh, especially coming up a divisional rival in your first game or first start for, for Tim Ball. But even when you haven't got a run game there, I mean, that looked... <laughs> Brees Hall just didn't look like anything like himself. So yeah, feel really bad for him. Uh, Garrett Wilson had a very slow game. Uh, he, You could see he was getting frustrated. There was... Uh, a wide open out route that he ran, um, and literally just went crazy on the sideline when the ball didn't go his way. Uh, was a lot of that this year. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, he's such a talented wide receiver, and yeah. all of them Ohio State guys are their top tier. So yeah. I do feel I feel like he's got the most unlucky out of any any Ohio State receiver in the NFL. You know, Chris Olave's, you know, he's performing out of his mind. So that mm. must that must uh, be really frustrating for Garrett Wilson. Some important other talking points from the game. I think uh, I just want to touch on the Hail Mary pick six that has to be <laughs> probably the most Jets play we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, um, just I, I couldn't believe it watching it. it was, even watching the highlights, like I I'd, 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 I didn't uh, stay up to watch the game, caught the highlights the day after, and uh, obviously everyone's talking about this pick six. And I'm like, all right, go on, let's see what's going on. And you're just laughing as he's running back, like, oh, he's actually going all the way. I thought, I thought the TV broadcast was just so Jets. Like, obviously the pick six happened. And then it instantly cut to Robert Sala on yeah. the sideline. And then two seconds later, the first advert was Robert Sala's tooth, toothpaste oh, one no. of him looking at his playbook. I was like, oh my God, what a perfect cut that yeah. was. Classic. I mean, something's got... Someone planned that, yeah, right? <laughs> something's got to change with a, with a coach in there in in, uh, in uh, New York because, I mean, the offense just can't move. No. What was it? Almost just over 100 yards, total yards. I mean, that is just dreadful. No, no starting offense in the NFL should be putting that up. Yeah, no. When you're averaging two point nine yards per play, it's just two point nine. Two point nine yards per play. That's it's just not happening at that point, is it? I mean, they were five of fourteen on third down. They only got twelve first downs all game. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's just it was not a good game by any stretch. Gosh. Um, last thing I wanted to say as well was on Miami's side. Obviously, Jalen Phillips suffered that Achilles injury. Get rid of the turf. Yeah. Man. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Phillips is a guy that retired in college because he was he didn't want to get injured anymore. Really? Yeah, and he's come to Miami. Obviously, first round pick. You know, has had a really good start to his career. Yeah, and it's just another talented defensive player that's good, that's or a talented player on that turf that's tried to sprint off, and you just see it looks like a gunshot on his leg. Yeah, it looks brutal. Yeah, I, it, I, I feel for Jalen. And Phillips. it's the fact that like because we've seen like obviously Rogers one where he's he's turning over and he sort of plants his foot in the ground and you see it happen but phillips was stationary right yeah. he, he's just preparing to rush he just, just wants a to go for a rush and yeah just trying to push off that leg and 
oh, you just can't believe it. There's, yeah, something it's... has to be done about it. Like you'd like to see it done now, but obviously they'll wait till the off season. Uh, I just pray that by the off season, I, I really don't think anything will happen. I, I, I don't know. I, I just think that the NFL are going to be too stubborn and they won't change the ways that you know turf should be mandatory. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's not fair. Yeah. Moving into the first of the six o'clock games on Sunday, we had the Buccaneers versus the Colts. The Colts came out on top 27-20 to 20 in a game where we saw some strong running back performances on both sides. Uh, Rashad White had his first 100-yard game of the year. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor on the flip side, two touchdowns off 91 yards. I mean, some elite running back play going on I there. mean, how much did they miss Jonathan Taylor all year? Yeah. Uh, it, that is just a, it's such a solid performance from him. That he was, you know, Minshew was able to rely on him when needed, uh, and they've put the Colts, you know, them to have put the Colts right back into playoff contention. They they have got a very, you know, tasty schedule coming up. They, unfortunately, with the the thumb injury news for Jonathan Taylor, yeah. um, they were they were going to be right up there in the conversation. It does give Zach Moss a chance to get back involved, though, doesn't it? Yeah, um, obviously one of the most dropped players this year on, on fantasy football. Everyone's getting him everyone's going to pick him up now with that with that injury news, especially just for th- this upcoming week. Uh, Zach Moss could be a, a feature point of that offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Michael Pittman had a, had another good game, uh, 107 yards. He was, you know, he he's been very reliable this mm-hmm, year. Mister Consistent, um, one of the most consistent receivers across the league. Uh, only second to Mike Evans, who yeah. stays consistent. Two touchdown game. So he's now 150 yards off the 1,000-yard mark that we've been watching all season long. So what's this now? Five weeks left to get it? I had a look this uh, the other day about his uh, what his odds were at the start of the year for his yardage. His over-under was at 970 yards. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I, I wish I saw that. Yeah. Because you would have gone, well, this guy's guaranteed for 1,000 yards yeah. every single season. You may as well just slap all you've got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... Coming into the year, obviously, there were so many doubts over the quarterback situation. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was literally within those first two weeks, you're like, yeah, Mike's going to yeah, be fine. Throw a it? prayer up to the, the biggest receiver in the NFL and he'll yep. do something with it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on. We have got the probably the most boring game of the six o'clock slate. The Giants win 10-7 to the New England Patriots. I, I tell you what, on my notes here, the top, the top bullet point I've got, Z, 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 Z. Oh my god, it was it was just dreadful. I hated every time Red Zone cut to it. I really did, just because you knew nothing was going to happen. It was going to be a third down fail. I mean, yeah. I, I, like it was just absolutely dreadful. Both teams only converted four third downs in the game, and there was thirty third down attempts in the game. Yeah. That's that's just crazy. I mean, that is what that is one dreadful performance from both teams. Um, you look at the Patriots. I mean, they had to they had to move over to Bailey Zappi, who even. He threw a pick. Well, much Matt better Jones was he, no. yeah. It's just dreadful all around. They relied on the run game. Ramondre Stevenson did look good, though. Uh, you know, d- did what he had to do. Get got the touchdown. Tried to tried to put the team in the best position as possible. But you know, when you're making three turnovers and some of the throws that Matt Jones were making in that first half was dreadful. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Ramondre carrying the offense with 98 yards and the touchdown, I mean, yeah, quarterback play was awful. As a as a whole, the Patriots' offense has been so underwhelming this year, and um, you know. This was just a mid-off between these two offenses, wasn't it? I mean, they were both they both couldn't move the ball. Um, I mean, even Saquon only put up forty-six yards. Yeah. He was uh, he was outshined by Jalen Hyatt, obviously, who had the hundred-yard game his yeah. first of his career. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, like Tommy DeVito didn't put up great numbers, but at least he wasn't throwing the interceptions that Mack and Zappy were. Yeah, I think that was crucial. I mean, it's, you know, it's nice to see that he's got a connection with one of the receivers. We haven't seen a, a solid receiver in New York since probably Odell, really. Yeah. So, yeah, nice to see uh, Jalen Hyatt get over 100 yards. 
As for the Patriots, you know, that, that game was the Drake May tankathon game. This yep. could even turn out to be the Caleb Williams tankathon. <laughs> you know, they're, they're on a downward slope with no sign of improvement. You do make a good point. I've noted here of the uh, yeah Drake May to the Patriots, but um, you're right. Maybe maybe even Caleb. Maybe they get that low. They're only one game off. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they're, Caleb, they're so. close, aren't they? So um, you know, maybe the Patriots fans can look forward to that. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Patriots fan the other day, and uh, and he was saying how depressing it was being a Patriots fan currently. <laughs> but I was like, just be glad that you had, you what, had almost twenty dynasty. years of two dynasties, seven <laughs> championships. So you know, it's kind of like. You know, what goes around comes around, I guess. Absolutely. I'm sure with either Drake May or Caleb Williams, they'll be right back up there. Yeah, Two absolutely. unbelievable talents at quarterback. Next up, we got an AFC North matchup of the Steelers and the Bengals. And what is your opinion, Miles? Do you think Matt Canada was that bad? Oh, my God. Like, I mean, that just sums it up, doesn't it? A, a team that looks so much better on offense and a team that was actually able to do something with Najee Harris starting a running back. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe that stat line. That really does shock yeah, me. Najee looked good, didn't Almost he? 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. That just does not look like the Najee Harris we've seen all season. Uh, Jalen Warren was able to, to to get some production as well. But just a, a stable performance from Kenny Pickett. That was the, 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 main, the main outline. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time in, what, like 50-odd games, was it? That yeah. they topped 400 total yards of offense, um, which is, you know, well done them for finally <laughs> getting themselves <laughs> to that point. You can see, I mean, it's just so clear, the difference. I mean, you often say, we often like to pick on these, like, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, like, yeah, well, these are the guys that are making the team not succeed. Get rid of them, and it'll fix everything. And often it doesn't, but, oh, my God, for a first-game look at the Steelers without Matt Canada... Yeah. It seems to have fixed everything. What I loved is how they set the tone at the start of the game. First play, big pass down the middle of the field. That's exactly what the Steelers needed. And it just kind of brought life to every single player there. They were like, right, we're well up for this game now. And you just kind of knew from the first play that they were going to win it. Looking ahead to the playoffs, uh, obviously these two teams are looking at wildcard spots, potentially even taking the FC North title, to be honest. Um, Bengals have got a really tough road. They've got some tough games, and especially with Jake Browning in now, um, we could see them potentially miss playoffs. Yeah, I, I really don't see the Bengals being a threat to the wildcard position now. I feel like they're going to struggle, like you said. They've got a, a backup quarterback in his first couple of games starting, really. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the Bengals are, are probably going to miss out. But as for the Steelers, we spoke about it on the way up here, have such an easy schedule for the rest of the season. They have a real threat of taking the Ravens' place at the top of the AFC North. They absolutely do. And, uh, yeah, as a Ravens fan, I'm, I'm threatened by it because, I mean, look at this. Yeah, so it's the Cardinals, Patriots, Colts, Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens. I mean, Seahawks, I think Ravens that's an easy losses. four straight yeah. and then a tough game with the Seahawks. I, but they beat the Ravens earlier this year, didn't they? So I know they got going to M&T Bank. Yeah. But, you know, I, like Steelers could win the majority of them games and either, yeah, secure themselves a wildcard spot or get themselves division yeah, leaders. It's, it's scary what they're, they're going to be able to do. They're, they're guaranteed for the playoffs at this point in my eyes, so... Yeah, we're going to have to see Kenny Pickett's first playoff game. Oh, exciting, <laughs> eh? Next up, we got the Panthers versus the Titans. This was another low-scoring game. Um, and the run game at the Panthers is still non-existent, isn't it? I mean, Tuba Hubbard was uh, 45 yards and a touchdown, which is great. But, oh, Miles Sanders, he's back in, <laughs> taking 15 carries for 28 yards, 1.9 yards I per mean, carry. that's just abysmal. For a guy that's got that big of a... We've spoken about it a lot on this podcast. Yeah. I mean... You can't be paying a guy that much money to have that much production. And now I really hope it's just because of the Frank Wright play calling, and that's kind of what I wanted to focus on this game. Oh yeah, especially that final drive with 
you have a fourth and I think it was fourth and six. <laughs> it was fourth and six. Yeah, yep. my goodness, <laughs> you call a screen pass on fourth and six. I mean, you you're guaranteed to get fired. And yeah, fair play to the Panthers owner for actually pulling his finger out and doing it this this yeah, this, yeah. this week because. I don't think I could watch Bryce Young struggle for another another week. Yeah, you feel for Bryce Young because he's he's just spent his entire career so far being called a bust, doesn't he? Because yeah. when you when you're compared to C.J. Stroud, who was drafted immediately after you, um, who's absolutely flying at the moment, uh, you had Anthony Richardson, who in the limited time we saw him looked quite good as well. Yeah. Um, even looking at Tommy DeVito and uh, O'Connell and the Raiders as well, like them guys aren't playing that badly. Yeah, I mean, someone in our group chat posted that uh, the top ten rookie quarterbacks and how they performed this year, and Bryce Young with was eighth on that list. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of sums up what, what position that he was put into at the Panthers. It's just, I do feel so sorry for him. And I, I hope that, you know, we start to see the Panthers pick up some wins. Uh, mainly because I'd like to also see Justin Fields still as a uh, Bears quarterback and the Bears don't take Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I actually spent my morning doing today was uh, just comparing some of the stats between Bryce Young and his first season and our boy Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Because obviously his first season was very tough wasn't it they didn't it win many games uh they obviously had the urban meyer um experiment, experiment yeah wasn't great um so basically what i've done is i've taken the stats that from both of them from their first 11 games so um trevor had i mean he's beaten him on yardage by a long yeah. way 2500 yards to 1800 um but touchdowns to interception uh nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions for trev and nine touchdowns and eight interceptions for bryce young so realistically, um, they're not far off each other, get are a, they? Get a good coach for Bryce Young and he'll be right up there. Yeah. I really hope that's going to be the case because this guy's a talent. Yeah, I I, th I think it's just one of those situations where you have to be like, it's his first year. Not everyone can just walk into a great position like CJ Stroud has. I mean, he's made the most of it, obviously. Mm -hmm. You've got to give him credit for that. But um, I think with Bryce Young, I don't think we can say, oh, well, these, like, these 11 games you've looked awful. So that's it. Your career's done. No, because obviously that's yeah, just you not just the case. can't. You can't. There's, I mean, you look at the, the the guys that were in the decision making. Frank Reich and uh, Josh McCown were the two big, big pulls for for Bryce Young. They've both been fired. Yeah. I just hope he gets the support that those guys probably wanted in the first place or provided him in the first place uh, that he's able to succeed. So, yeah, really pulling for Bryce Young for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to the second overall pick of the draft. And uh, CJ Strauss, Houston Texans, just missing out on a victory in a crucial AFC South matchup between the Texans and the Jags. Tough one for Stroud to swallow. I mean, a good final drive to put them in field goal position. That's that's really tough. Yeah, I mean, three total touchdowns, 350 total yards. He had a really good game, didn't he? Especially with the stat line that Nico Collins put up as well, getting over 100 yards. I mean, that passing attack for the Texans is incredible. I mean, you um, look at the deep bomb to Tank Dell that got yeah. called back, which shouldn't have been called back in my opinion. But no. that was the longest part. It would have been the longest air pass in NFL history. Really? Yeah. 68 oh, wow. yards, I think it was in the air for, Crikey. which is great. Like, I mean, it just shows the arm talent that CJ oh, Stroud yeah. has. And you look at the pointless plays which are put in the college pro day. They actually do mean something when yeah. they roll out left and throw a massive ball across the field just to show off your arm strengths and yeah. show what you can do in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Um one of the reasons you feel bad for him is because the uh, kicking let him down, unfortunately. Matt Amendola um, missed two, obviously, including the potential game tie. It was a 58-yarder. We give him a bit of slack for that. And he barely missed it, didn't he? Hit the upright. Now been Very cut, unlucky, though. but yeah. It's tough business, isn't it? it yeah, is. you feel bad for him almost because... If, you, if, you, if a kicker loses a game, you can almost guarantee he's going to be cut the next <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, on the... 
on the Jags side of the ball, uh, Calvin Ridley stepped up again with, with, you know how we talk about our somehow good game, bad game. <laughs> Calvin Ridley Calvin really does good game, bad game. It's just not quite as consistent as one off, one on, one on, one off. If you want to talk about consistency, you've got to talk about the guy on the other side, which is Christian Kirk. I mean, he yeah. is every every single week seems just to put up at least fifty yards uh, receiving. So he he seems to be like the the safety blanket for Trevor Lawrence. But it's nice to see Calvin Ridley get some get some action. And I tell you what, for a guy who got that massive contract and everyone laughed at, didn't mm-hmm. they? Christian Kirk, you're paying Christian Kirk that much. But Fully you know he's it. done it. He's, he's he's really shown that you know he can be that guy. Uh, Ridley's come in, and we thought Kirk was getting pushed to the side, but no, he's continued to perform. So you've got Calvin Ridley this year in a contract year. If you're the Jags, do you pay him? Oh, it, it depends how much he's going to ask for because I don't think he's really offered enough to take up that big contract. Especially if you you've got Kirk in a lot of money, you got to think about if you want to pay ETN in a few years as yeah, well. It's going to be tough. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, I think it depends what they can negotiate in with. I think it, you look at the areas that the Jags would probably address in the draft. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't go and get a wide receiver in the first oh, absolutely. round. You know, we, I've spoken about it before, how good or how much I like Kean Coleman uh, mm-hmm. from Florida State. I think he'd be a, a fantastic addition to, to, to any offense. And I think he'd be really complimentary to Christian Kirk on the other side. So... You know, if he if he's able to fall that far, I don't think he will. But that'd be a, a fantastic pickup for them. Next up, we got NFC South matchup: Saints and the Falcons. Uh, these are two teams that we had such high hopes for going into the year, didn't we? Um, I mean, I talked about my hope for Desmond Ritter to pull the team through to the playoffs. You talked about the head coach Dennis Allen pulling the Saints yeah. through to the playoffs. These teams have looked incredibly average this year. I think. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's these quite are two. Sad. These are two head coaches that could easily be on the chopping block in the off yeah. season. I mean, I, I spoke about how obviously Dennis Allen could be my coach of the year, but I mean, you cannot lose six wins, uh, six games with with the the schedule that they've had. They've had the easiest schedule in the NFL. Uh, I, I'm very disappointed by how the Saints have played this year. Um, but one standout player, I mean, I go on about him every week, is, is Chris Olave. I think he's a hell of a talent. I feel like on any team, he could be up there with top 10 receivers in the NFL. Oh, yeah, no, he's been brilliant, hasn't he? Another 100-yard game. And I think this was the year we were going to see him um, make that leap, wasn't it, um, as a second-year receiver? That, that's when it tends to happen. Um, and, it, yeah, he's gone off. Uh, he's gone off yet again. Um, on the other side, the other young talent, uh, who seems to finally be getting used in the way he should be used. It's Bijan Robinson with 91 yards rushing and a touchdown, 32 yards receiving and a touchdown. He's just been incredible. I mean, what a talent to have in the in the backfield. I mean, he's just going to be the, the the focal point of that offense for so many years to come. But you've also got to give credit to uh, Drake London. I mean, this is a guy that's gone under the radar this year just with you know, how that team's been designed to, to yeah. go away from their star players. But it's nice to see him have a solid game as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, looking at the NFC South anyway going forward, we've talked about the Panthers and how much they're struggling. But the rest of the division, uh, Falcons and Saints is out at five and six, Buccaneers at four and seven. I mean, it's a three-horse race, isn't it? They're I mean, very tight at the top. Yeah, the Falcons have done so well to get that uh, tiebreaker this week. I mean, that's that's going to be mega down the line. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, I've, we've spoken about how easy the schedule is for, for the Falcons and the Saints this season. I... <laughs> I'd be very surprised if one of them doesn't get a winning record, but you could easily see a playoff team going eight and nine this year, which oh, is yeah. crazy to think. Final talking point will be that man, Jesse Bates, who returned the pick six. I mean, incredible play from him. He also had 12 tackles on the day. I mean, I can you believe the Bengals didn't pay him? 
Yeah, well, I mean, well, you've got to think of who the Bengals have got to pay. Yeah, I suppose In the so, same yeah. year, they also had to pay uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah. We've got T. Higgins this year. We're going to have Jamar Chase next year. I mean, that's, that's a lot of people to pay. But, I mean, my God, how... I think Jesse Bates is just... He's he's the type of player that just goes under the radar. I I really think he is a, easily a top two safety in the NFL. Uh, his play recognition just on that play alone was fantastic. Just to to go out and make the play and then obviously return it as well just shows the athleticism. I mean, what a player. You have no idea how much I celebrated when I got that notification through that he's left his vision. Well, <laughs> as, as soon as I saw Jesse Bates sign for the Falcons, I was like, thank God. Because <laughs> that is a, yeah, like you say, defensive talent. Such a um, And just out of interest, when you say top two safety, who's your number one? I'm going to be biased. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were. <laughs> I'd probably put Jesse Bates at one. I really would. Yeah, with yeah, Justin I, Simmons I, at two. I think he, I, yeah, I mean, Justin Simmons is, I mean, led the league, or joint led the league in interceptions last year. I think this season, we missed him so much in those first three games yeah. that he's come back and been so good. But yeah, I'd definitely put Jesse at one. I think he's, he's, he's so good. He's been incredible this yeah. year, hasn't he? Next up, we're going to talk about a team that kept their playoff hopes alive with a win over the Cardinals. It's the LA Rams, uh, putting up 37 points on the Cardinals. A big win for them to take them to five and six. Uh, Matty Stafford looked like his old self with a four-touchdown game. Um, two people still not getting the stats that we'd like to see from them is Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, though. Yeah, killer. Uh, Cup was killer, quiet, 18 yards. Uh, Nakua only had 27. The touchdowns actually came from... Tyler Higby with two of them. And the other two went to a guy who wasn't just good as re- receiving game, but that man, Kyron Williams, he can run the ball, he can receive I the mean, ball. He's what? incredible. Oh, that's, he's guaranteed F- uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I mean, two, what, 200 yards in total, two touchdowns. I mean, that's a solid, solid performance from him. But that's the type of Sean McVay offense that I expect to see. Yeah. Everything was guns blazing, high tempo. That, that re- you know, that that's a proper Rams offense, that. Yeah, and um, especially for a guy who's literally just come off IR and they just chuck him straight in the lineup. Yeah. And I, I love seeing that because often you see guys come off IR and like they, they sort of get back. The, yeah, exactly. But it's just like no, you're you're yeah. good. Get in there. I think I think that's why he was on IR for so long. Yeah, they didn't want to kind of do what they did with Cup and rush him back. And you know, Cooper Cup didn't have he didn't come out the, the the blocks blazing. He was quite slow. So it's nice to have a guy fresh straight out of IR and you know lead the team in carries and then also put up them yards not to interrupt you but we've just had a just in vikings announced justin jefferson will be activated off ir today really yeah he will that not, really shocks not to go me. off topic but I, you know that's, that's a big yeah. piece of information to come through um might save a few of my fantasy teams uh, do you think josh dobbs will then keep his starting job that'll be oh, surely yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll on to that, to that when we get yeah, on to we'll that I, I, yeah i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> ramble on about that now we move on to the cardinals who uh you know, James Connor unfortunately is not finding the form that he had at the start of the season, is he? Uh only no, twenty seven yards. They only gave him six carries for God's sake though. I think they've they've That's they've brutal. got to remember that this guy was so integral to their offense at the start of the year. Uh, obviously they've brought Michael Carter in mm-hmm. and uh he's taken a lot of his snaps. And to be fair to him, I mean, Michael Carter off the four carries he got got nineteen yards, four point eight yards carry. I mean all all the uh Cardinals running backs were actually averaging nice uh nice yardage, yeah. but um yeah, for whatever reason, just uh, just couldn't get that run we, game going. We kind of know that when Kyler Murray's playing, the Cardinals have always been an air raid offense. They they like to use his. T- I mean, he he may be five ten, but he's got one of the best arm talents in the NFL. Yeah. He can he can really sling it. He's got a, a great deep ball on him as well. So, I, I I'm not surprised by the low carries from all the running backs, but it's nice to see that, you know, they've picked up Michael Carter from, I don't know if they got him on waivers or he was just a free agent, but they've got this guy and he's been a real factor in the passing plays. Uh, and also he's a, he's a great uh, pass blocking running back as well. He did, he did very well in that. Uh, nice to see Kyler back. I mean, 
the 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 touchdown that he scored, you know, that's just vintage vintage Carla. Re- yeah. Really good to see. So um, I mean, I'm 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 happy that he's back, but. Yeah, this Cardinals team isn't quite there yet. They're still missing many, many pieces, both on offense and defense, but I'm sure they'll be right up there with a, with a few key additions. Next up, let's talk about the high-flying Denver Broncos who uh, put down the Cleveland Browns this week with another great performance. How many straight wins is that, Miles? Would you like Five to remind me? Wins Five straight wins. Never thought I'd say that. No, never thought I said. I can't remember. Well, the the I can remember the last time we had five wins in a row was 2015. When obviously wow. we went on to win it, but yeah, I don't know what happened this year. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, it, that was a proper Denver Broncos performance. Yeah, I mean Russ obviously not putting up the numbers you expect, but that was a much more conservative Russell Wilson going through his reads. The progressions were brilliant. I think the play calling was absolutely fantastic all the way through, both on offense and defense. You're talking about an offense that didn't allow. They allowed one QB pressure from Miles Garrett all game. Really? Wow. I mean, that's a testament to how well Garrett Bowles has, yeah, has come did, along this he? season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's, it's just, it's so nice to see. But yeah, a really good performance from them. Uh, I have to credit the Browns as well. They did put up a good fight. I do think what lacked for them was the play call. And we've talked about a team that's been so run heavy this year, and they completely went away from that this year against probably one of the worst run defenses in the league. Thinking, yeah. So I don't know why they why they went for that. They put the ball in DTR's hands, and he just wasn't able to produce like you'd expect. So yeah, weird one from the Browns, uh, but yeah, nice to see the Broncos. Broncos got a huge matchup next week. That's what I care about. <laughs> yeah, you got the Texans next week, right? Big, so big folks on that. That's going to be the game. playoff decider. So I, I really do feel like you can sneak that seventh seed, though. It's going to um, be big. I mean, you've got all the momentum now. It seems like you've worked out the stuff that you needed to work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully the team's in a position to succeed. I mean, 29 points against the Browns is not bad at all. So, um, yeah, you can look forward to the next few games, hey? We've got three road games coming up. Back to back to back, so it's going to be really tough. If we can come out there with two wins, I'll be over the moon with that. Next up, we've got probably game of the week, the Bills and the Eagles. How about that one? I mean, that was incredible. I mean, that just show, that, that shows the difference between a, a, a playoff contender and a, a Super Bowl contender, that does. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at a team that's able to... I mean, they really killed themselves on that final drive, the Eagles. You know, you had two false starts from, from Jason Kelsey. Mm. And you're sitting there thinking, like, oh, my God, they've pushed themselves out of field goal range. And then you've got Jake Elliott, probably one of the most clutch kickers in the NFL, drills, what was it, a 60-yard field goal? Yeah, it was. I mean, and also the reaction of the players is another thing that I want to bring up. That shows the sign of a Super Bowl team. Oh, yeah. They're gutted that they've got to go to overtime. They they feel like that game should be wrapped up before then. They should be driving down the field at the end of of that fourth down drive to get a touchdown. But also play design on the the game-winning touchdown as well. Just absolutely fantastic. You're seeing Jason Kelsey prove that he is one of the... The all-time centers in the NFL. That that pull to secure the edge was fantastic. Yeah, he didn't let the false starts get to him, did he? No. He just came back and yeah, like you say, laid that block out for um for the winning touchdown. And for a guy whose MVP stock is rising now, I'd put him at number one at the moment. Jalen Hurts, I think, is really. I mean, he's that performance, five total touchdowns on the best team in the league. He's definitely. I I think obviously a top three MVP contender. Um, whether you put him at one or not, I think it's debatable, but I don't know. I'd be leaning that I'm way. I'm really happy this year that the MVP's wide open, I yeah. feel like. I feel like, you know, it could be Lamar, it could be Hertz, it could be Mahomes. You know, we could even see CMC get a couple of votes. He's yeah. been that good. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really happy that it's, it, it's going to be a wide open race. And I feel like we, we know how strong uh, of a schedule the Eagles have had. Uh, and I think if the Eagles, you know, can limit their season to just two losses. I feel like it's going to be guaranteed for Jalen Hurts. I really do think that. But, you know, let's see Let's see what happens in these upcoming games. They've got some big games coming up. And more importantly, they've got the 49ers coming yeah, soon. That's so gonna be that's the big one. The guy on the other side who 
earlier in the season I said might be an MVP front runner. He obviously fell off a little bit, but looked incredible. That, that, was, Josh a, that was a brilliant performance from Josh Allen. Yeah. You've got to give him credit. And also there was people giving him slack for that last play to, uh, last play to uh, Gabe Davis there, but. I think that's exactly what you you would do as a quarterback. Oh yeah, you throw the ball into open space, and you have to, as a receiver, you have to have play awareness to realize it's a zero blitz. There's no safety in the middle of the field. I've got a dis, I've got to ignore my corner out and run a post down the middle of the field and go into space where my QB's most likely to throw it. So, I do feel for Josh. I mean, zero and six in 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 overtime now in his career. I mean, worst so. worst ever record for a starting QB. So. Yeah, it's it's painful for him. Um, yeah. He just feels he won the coin toss this time. So. Yeah, he did as well. Yeah, that was what was so painful about it. But um, not just a killer for him, but for the Bills as well. This really hampers their playoff hopes now, doesn't Big it? Time. Drops them to six and six. Yeah, six and six. So um, and they've got some tough games as they well. They do. They've yeah, got some really tough games. We're talking. They've still got to play the Chiefs. They've still got uh, the Cowboys. So yeah, it's going to be really really tough for the Bills to. Well, if you think about it, the best record they can get is what eleven and six. There's going to be some teams there creeping towards uh, 11 wins as well. Uh, if they win out, that's going to be a real struggle for them. Moving on to the Chiefs and the Raiders, uh, a game that was close in the second quarter, but second half, Chiefs just pulled away with it, didn't they? Yeah, they absolutely did. Uh, I, I said that we saw the sides of a Super Bowl contender in the first game, and that just proves that the Chiefs are going to be right that up there as well. Uh, I do have to give credit to Aidan O'Connell. I think this guy is hes turning out to be a great quarterback for the Raiders. I feel like he fits the mould as a, a, of a Raiders quarterback. You know, we've seen guys like Terrell Pryor come in. We've seen more athletic guys to try and be the, the starting quarterback of the Raiders, but stick to the mould of the Derek Carrs, the Aidan O'Connells, the guys yeah. that do have a bit of, of wheels. Um, but, you know, they, they've got great accuracy when they throw the ball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I do think he's their guy going forward now. We can see what he looks like uh, next year, obviously. Um, but yeah, he played really well against the Chiefs defense. That's so good as well. I think that's what's so impressive about it. Um, looking at the Chiefs offense, they've been under a lot of scrutiny this year, haven't they? Mm -hmm. uh, for not playing up to the standards. But how about Rishi Rice with a great game? 100 yards, one touchdown. They needed a number one receiver to come out of of anywhere really and Rishi Rice has been a, a been a great draft pick for them I mean we've seen some talent receivers come out of SMU in the past you know uh, Emmanuel Sanders Cortland Sutton and now Rishi Rice to go along with that you know they continue to to have a good line of receivers Pacheco running the ball well as well I think that's the thing for me is when your wide receivers are struggling if your passing game is not going to be as strong as it has been in the past with the Chiefs get yourself a run game and yeah. a guy like Isaiah Pacheco who is playing at a great standard this season uh he got himself another two touchdowns, 55 yards. I mean, this is the kind of guy that Mahomes needs to lean on yeah. um, when his wide receivers aren't doing him any favours. I don't know why, but every time I watch Isaiah Pacheco play, it just makes me laugh. When I see that head bucking, you know, when he, he, he does go, doesn't he? <laughs> he, he, he looks like he's riding uh, he a does. horse. He, he, he gets, he flies down that field yeah. when that head bucks. It's, he, it, it's so funny. The way he runs, he looks like he's going twice as fast as he actually <laughs> is because he just runs, he runs hard, he runs fast and he's a joy to watch though, isn't he? Oh, he's mate, great, he's great he's to so watch. He's so talented, yeah. I, I mean, for a seventh round pick from uh, Rutgers, I, I think he, that's one of the steals of the draft. We may as well dive straight into uh, your team, Samuel. Uh, coming out with a clutch win against the Chargers. Uh, 20 to 10, Ravens beat the Chargers. Far away, Sam. Bit too close for my liking. Yeah, it at was the a end, bit close. I, say. Um, I think we scored the 10 points in the second quarter. I think at that point, I was kind of happy with how we were playing. But um, yeah, I would have liked us to have put away that game a lot sooner than we did. Uh, it was a bit too close. But, you know, defense puts on a clinic again. We talk about Chargers offense that's been good for a good few years now. 
Um, only allowing 10 points. We've got three sacks, three forced fumbles, all of them recovered. The interception, which was a garbage Hail Mary, but, um, you know, it was caused by the QB pressure. It was Herbert getting flushed out of the pocket, having to force yeah. a pass up, which is why it came short at the end zone, why we got that interception. So, you know, I, I can go on and on about this defense. Everyone's impressed me. Carl Hamilton looked awesome all game. I mean, there was a bit where uh, he's manned up against Jalen Guyton, a guy who's very quick, and he runs stride for stride with him down the field. Marcus Williams almost intercepts it. I mean, mm. really, like, Carl Hamilton, I know I'm biased, but I really think this guy is a potential future defensive player of the year candidate because he, he's just playing at an unbelievable level. It's so versatile as well. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, defense is, is played massive. Uh, that turnover battle is, is, is so crucial. But one scary thing is that third down efficiency. Four for thirteen isn't isn't uh, isn't great for you know an offense which is known for being so so effective on third down. Um, it's just one. I think it was just one of them great games for the Ravens' offense. Yeah, which we you just can't have. Uh, I think we can't have these games where we were putting ourselves in third and long and uh, just not converting. Um, the play calling is there with Todd Monk and for the most part, but every now and then we sort of lean into these habits where we're we're getting repetitive in our play calling and we're calling stuff that's just. You know, we've we've had things working throughout the game, and then for whatever reason, we move away from it. Um, one of my favourite plays to watch is um, it's sort of like a two works on the two receivers. One sort of staying flat to the uh, line of scrimmage, and then the slant coming in. And Lamar is so good at reading it, pump faking the first one, sidearm throw. I mean, you, we, they've got a great angle with him, sidearm throw right underneath uh, Derwin James's arm, and that's the start type of stuff that I, I always think just Lamar is so good at. And um, and we also saw like Odell really profiting from that because he was catching some slants, looking again vintage Odell in the first. You know, he only finished the game with three catches. I feel like they all came on like one drive because there was there was one point of the game where he was just playing so well, and I was mm-hmm. thinking, oh, Odell's going to have himself a good game, but it didn't seem like that. I mean, Zay Flowers was the guy who sort of grabbed all the headlines with his um his two touchdowns, but yeah, whether we're, I mean, obviously we're going to miss Mark Andrews. Uh, it's kind of just how well we can continue to perform without him. Uh, Isaiah Likely is a guy who's obviously coming to replace him. And I really, really like him. I think um, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a lot of promise. And I think my favorite thing about him is that run after catch ability. Uh, there was a point where we started our drive with a holding call, sent us all the way back to first and 20. And we throw a tight end screen that goes for 18 yards. And he just looked awesome on that. Uh, just the way he just likes to throw himself at defenders, trying to get extra yardage is great. Um, so I think, obviously, losing Mark Andrews is huge. But I think we can uh, still, you know, get some production out of Likely and hopefully keep this offense moving. Let's dive straight into Monday Night Football between the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Has the Josh Dobbs Linsanity run finished now? So. Oh, it seems like it, doesn't it? <laughs> Awful, unfortunately. Four interceptions. But the thing I want to address is this talk of him potentially losing his starting job. Yeah, I think that's extremely harsh. Uh, I yeah. mean, Kevin O'Connell, he came out and said that, you know, we're going to have a look at the tape. But uh, if you really think about you can't start Nick Mullins over Josh Dobbs. No. I mean, Josh Dobbs, is, he, he's played very well this season. And you look at the interceptions that were thrown last night. I'd only say two of them were, were his fault. One, the, the first one he's tried to throw in, he's tried to throw into double coverage. The the receiver is open. Uh, he just throws it a tad bit low. Um, uh, the You look at the two that probably weren't his fault. That One's a tip ball. Uh, and one hits Addison right in his chest, and he bobbles it, and it <laughs> and it ends up as, as an interception. Yeah. So, you know, it it it's it's really tough to to put the the loss on on Dobbs, but you've got to have some production. 
I mean, your defense, but you're in two good positions towards the end of the game. Two big turnovers, uh, two forced fumbles, um, but yeah, nothing from it. Yeah, to only score 10 points is just not good enough. I mean, they became the first team this season to lose a game to a team that didn't even score a touchdown. Really? Obviously, yeah, uh, the four field goals for the Bears. That's normally the Broncos stat line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, you could see that, obviously, the uh, Vikings receiving game obviously suffered for it. Hawkinson had a good game, but outside of that, nothing much going on there. Uh, on the Bears' side of the ball, though, DJ Moore just continues to prove his worth. 11 catches, 114 yards. This guy's good, isn't he? DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still sticking with DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is one of the he's one of the better receivers in the NFL. I mean, if you've talked about a, a quarterback that's not confident with his with his play and he's able to rely on a guy like DJ Moore, and especially with that final play to put them in field goal position, that's kind of sums it up. I mean, DJ Moore is just that guy. He's a, the thing is he caught the ball and was able to push the pile for a couple of extra yards. He's he's good in every factor of the game. I think he's a he's a great number one receiver to have for a team. All right, then let's move straight in to our predictions for week 13 of the NFL. Thursday night football, we have got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Sam, who are you going to take here? I'd like to say that the Seahawks can make this a close game, but I don't think they can. I think, uh, especially in Dallas, uh, Cowboys get that long break with Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I think Cowboys take this one. Both got a long break, but yeah, I feel like uh, Cowboys are, are, are going to be uh, flying here. They're, they're on a roll. Uh, this could be the first team that they face with a, uh, what is it, a winning record. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it needs to be a Cowboys win, in my opinion. Next up, first game of the Sunday 6 o'clock slate, we have the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. I think this is going to be a very close game. We've got a, a playoff driving Indianapolis Colts, but with the news of a, a Jonathan Taylor thumb injury, uh, we've got a tasty one here. So I am actually going to take the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. I do like that pick. Uh, I'm going to disagree, though. I do think the Colts will win it. I think Zach Moss is a good enough backup that even without Jonathan Taylor, if he can't play the game, they'll still be able to get production from their run game. Um, and I think the Colts, they're playing well at the moment. Uh, I, I just I don't know whether Will Levis, whether we see what we saw from him in his first start. Um because he's just outside of that game, he hasn't really looked like producing much in the passing game, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Colts go into Tennessee and take it. Next up, we have the New Orleans Saints versus the Detroit Lions. Both teams trying to bounce back from losses in Week 12. I just feel like this is going to be a, a one-way street and it's going to be Detroit Lions bouncing back. We've seen them bounce back many times this season, so I, I feel like it's going to be no different than this week. Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? I'd be amazed if they can't beat the Saints this week. No disrespect to the Saints. I don't think they're that bad of a team, uh, even though as disrespectful as that sounds. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that the Lions, they want to be the Super Bowl contender, right? They've got to prove, like, you know, if you, if you, you're you not going to beat the Eagles and the Niners if you can't beat the Saints. Exactly. Uh, they're going to have to go on the road and win these big games. Um, so, yeah, I'll pick the Lions. I also realised that I missed the Jets and Falcons in the order that we normally do it. Uh -huh. So the Jets take on the Falcons. I'm actually going to pick the Jets here. I feel like that Jets defence still is serious. Uh, they've come up against probably one of the, the hottest offences in the league. So giving up 34 points obviously doesn't look good. But I feel like that offense might that Falcons offence might struggle against the New, Orleans, uh, the, the New York Jets. So yeah, I'm going to pick the Jets. Yeah, you make a good point actually. Because um, as much as the Jets have been conceding points recently... Yeah, they've been going up against some top teams, haven't they? So uh, maybe they can have some more luck against the Falcons. I think, actually, the Falcons will win this one on account of their defense. I think their defense is going to make it really difficult for Tim Boyle. Um, and I think, you know, I think they, they've seemed to work out now that Bijan, 
you know, he's actually quite good. So uh, they can hopefully get some more production about him, just run the ball through him and, uh, yeah, take down the Jets. Next up, we've got the flex game this week, first of the season. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it's the featured game of the 6 o'clock. It's the Texans versus the Broncos. If you wow. said that at the start of the season, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. Um, I am going to pick the Texans here. I feel like it being in Houston, uh, obviously we know the importance of this playoff run. With them losing to the Jags, they've, they they now realize the uphill battle that they have uh, to, to try and take the, the lead in the AFC South. Um, I just feel like uh, CJ Stroud's going to be flying. <laughs> I yeah. feel like it's going to be too too difficult for the Broncos to stop. And we'll see the end of the Broncos' insanity run. I'm going to agree with you. I think the Texans do win. But great matchup to watch will be whoever Satan and Spencer's game covering. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we've seen from the Texans that Stroud likes to target Tank Dale. He likes to target Nico Collins. And often he'll target them in bunches, won't he? Mm -hmm. So if one of those guys gets taken away completely, you know, how is that going to affect Stroud's rhythm? Is he going to still be able to find his other receivers? You know, we're going to have guys like Bobby Trees, Dalton Schultz, guys like that, them stepping up. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I feel like this Texans offense has enough firepower that, yeah, even if one of the guys gets taken away, they yeah, can work out. I definitely agree. Else. Next up, we've got the Patriots versus the Chargers. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. I'm picking the Chargers. Yeah, bounce back game for the Chargers, isn't it? Um, especially the way that Keenan Allen finished that game against the Ravens. He was always open, wasn't he? So, um, yeah, JC Jackson's going to have his hands full, and uh, I think the Chargers can win that. All right, moving on, we have the Steelers taking on the Cardinals. We've spoken this week about how easy, or relatively easy, the Steelers' schedule is for the rest of the season. Uh, they're going to be fighting for that AFC North title. So, yeah, I'm going to give this to the Steelers. Yeah, I can't see them losing this game. It's in Pittsburgh. We've just seen that without Matt Canada, they can actually move the ball. And uh, I think I could see him, I could genuinely see him going back-to-back -to -back total, four, 400 yards total offense. Um, so, yeah, Pittsburgh win this one, unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have the Commanders taking on the Dolphins. Now, we always see at least one upset in the 6 o'clock game, so this is going to be my upset this week. I'm going to take the Commanders to beat the Miami Dolphins. No idea why, just feel like it's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Commanders. No, I think that's a good shout, to be honest, because Washington, they're sneaky like that, aren't they? They like they can, to put they up these can get a, They can get a win yeah, like that. We saw know? what they did against the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I've gone with the Dolphins, though. I think one of my big reasonings for that is uh, that Washington pass rush now without Monta Sweat, without Chase Young. We're talking about a Dolphins offense with some really speedy guys. And if Tua gets time in the pocket, which I think he will, uh, he's going to find them. And there's going to be lots of big plays coming out of that Dolphins offense. So, yeah, uh, I think it'll be interesting seeing how uh, that Washington interior D-line does, especially against the run game. We know what Mostert is like. He likes the outside runs. Uh, so I don't know. I think that Dolphins offense will be fine. Um, and yeah, I think they'll win that one. First of the late game slate, we have the Buccaneers taking on the Panthers. Panthers with, I don't know who's going to be the head coach and offensive coordinator. <laughs> so this is going to be a surprise to everyone, but I am actually going to take the Panthers here. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like, see, uh, we've spoken about how, uh, Bryce Young needs to, you know, get something clicking on offense. Uh, and why not do it against a divisional matchup? You know, this is this is going to be big. <laughs> it's so funny to say this, but the Panthers are not out of the playoff race <laughs> despite only winning one game. You're so right. I didn't they, think they, about if that, they win yeah. out and, and, and victories go, or defeats go their way, should I say, uh, you know, they could easily win that division, which is crazy to say. So, yeah, Panthers are going to take this win. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous, isn't it? You can't you can't believe that a team with one win on the season could, <laughs> you know, make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I don't think they can get the second win here, though. I think the Buccaneers are a good enough team to uh, put them away. 
And I think for me, in order to make this prediction, I think there's just too much unknowns going into it. We don't know who their play caller is. Maybe they have a Matt Canada Steelers yeah. effect where suddenly everything changes. But um, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting watch this game, though, isn't it? Absolutely. One interesting watch is going to be this next game. We have got the Eagles taking on the 49ers to basically decide this NFC number one seed. The Eagles, despite being the home team, are actually three-point underdogs. Yep. Can I you believe that. that? Yeah, I can't believe it. Oh, this is really tough one to pick. Uh, I think there's going to be a big revenge game from the 49ers. I really, really do. I feel like they're going to be well up for it. So I'm actually going to take the Niners here to go into Philadelphia and get the win. I see your point and I raise you the Eagles want to shut out all those excuses. I think we've seen them talk about it, haven't they? Because oh, yeah, they feel like that win wasn't justified because mm-hmm. everyone said, oh, well, you know, injuries. I think the Eagles want to say, you know what? We beat them because we're the better team. And if you don't believe us, we'll do it again. Uh, I think especially after that performance they had against the Bills, as long as they can iron out the slow starts that they've been having, I think um, I think the Eagles can get it done. Next up, we've got two teams pushing for that playoff, those playoff spots. We have the Rams versus the Browns, AFC versus NFC. With the Browns struggling with their QB positioning against the Broncos, I'm actually going to take the Rams here to come out with a victory, especially with how good that Rams offense looked last week. I think the Rams are going to be very tough to stop, even with probably one of the best defenses in the league for the Cleveland Browns. So yeah, I'm going to take the LA Rams to come out victorious here. Yeah, you know what? When I made these predictions originally, I actually picked the Browns. But now I'm thinking about it, the way that Kyron Williams played, um, and, you know, if the Browns are going to key in on that run and stop him from running the ball so effectively, maybe we get to see Cooper Cup and Puka Nakura <laughs> actually get more involved. Uh, so I might actually change my mind on that one. Yeah, I think I think the Rams will win it. Monday Night Football, we have the Packers versus the Chiefs. I am going to take the Chiefs, nice and quick. Uh, Packers are obviously on a run, but I just feel like the Chiefs, the, you know, they're also hunting for that AFC number one seed. So yeah, the Chiefs are going to take this. Yeah, it's a big game for them, isn't it? They uh, they obviously go level with the Ravens if uh, if they win this game while the Ravens are on bye. So big, big game for them. I think their defense is good enough that Jordan Love is going to struggle. Uh, and their offense is good enough that they can succeed. So yeah, we'll take the Chiefs in this one. And finally, Monday Night Football. Now this matchup would have been fantastic if Joe Burrow was playing, I think. We've got the Trevor Lawrence-led Jaguars versus the Jake Browning-led Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I am going to take here the Jacksonville Jaguars for the win here. I feel like Jake Browning's not going to have enough to, you know, the Jags have got a very strong defense. I feel like that goes under the radar. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Jags. Yeah, it's hard to believe that the Bengals can go into Jacksonville with Jake Browning and actually uh, <laughs> cause an upset. I mean, saying that, I don't think the Jags have been that great at home this year. Um, they've been much better away team, but these are the circumstances where I think I find it hard to believe that they can't win these games. So, with that being said, I think, yeah, Jags win. And that wraps up this week's episode of Four Down Territory. I cannot believe how quickly we've actually rattled through every single team playing this week. Thanksgiving always brings out a good week in the NFL. and We definitely had some crackers this week. Yeah, some brilliant games, especially as we're coming into the end of the regular season now. Things are going to start to heat up. Um, playoff battles are getting close. The seeding is as tight as it's ever been. It's going to be a great finish to the I'm season. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a tight one. Make sure you're following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to catch weekly episodes of Four Down Territory. Also follow us on Instagram and TikTok for updates and player picks throughout the week. We will see you all in the next episode. Bye.